welcome to So You Can Hear Me When I'm Gone. If you're a first-time listener, this is the podcast where we explore the life journeys of various family figures and the stories they've experienced. All people go through life and they come away from certain experiences with gems of truth, nuggets of wisdom, certain bits of knowledge that they know for sure. And it's our purpose on this show to capture, if we can, those gems of knowledge and wisdom so we can share them with future generations. As part of our respect for the privacy of the guests we have on our show, we release two versions of the episode, a public version and a privacy honoring version, which can be provided to you, our listeners, by emailing mike at soyoucanhearme.com. Today, we have a special guest with us who is particularly known in the family. Uh, her name is Doreen, and she is my mother. Doreen, welcome to the show. Well, this is a fun idea. I think this is a great thing to Mike's do. Mike's actually sum- summarized the idea, I thought, really, really well. Basically, the premise being, you know, a, a few searches, and I can listen to, I can hear audio of, you know, very interesting people right. discussing very interesting topics. Uh, just really, really quickly. And yet, at the same time, I can't listen to my grandfather or my great-grandfather talk about, or, you know, uh, some cousin or, what you know, whatever. Yeah, which talk about so some, fun. Right. Yeah, Talk about, you know, well, we talked about, I think it was last week, yeah. about grandpa who, your grandpa, yeah. my great-grandfather, who, who kind of had some socialist political ideas and he wanted Very to much. Yeah. express these to the president and he got on a bicycle yeah. and he rode across the country. To go yeah. tell the president his ideas. To protest and to, um, yeah, because he had, which were a little more socialistic. Than, sure. Uh, but I think that was kind of the day was to kind of, we had, was there were the so 30s, many problems, yeah, to solve and, there, uh, you know, the depression and so forth. And so there, there needed to be some real. Mike's premise was that it would be great not even necessarily a political standpoint, just a, a family standpoint, to have heard his voice, to hear him talk about his own ideas or his opinions about this thing or that thing. And not necessarily politics, but just in general. Hear him tell well, a story. Or, yeah, I would have uh, even just, not even that generation, but just the last generation, my mother. You know, I hang on to the little recording I have that she called me on the phone and I just have her, just to have her voice. Yeah. I have her voice on that uh, message that she left on my phone and uh, that's very precious to me to hear her voice. All the more so because she's she's gone now. She's gone, yeah. I remember she recorded some stories yeah. and she bought the picture book that went with it and she would, she read the picture, or she, I think she just bought the picture book and then read the stories in it to me. And so I, we've yeah. got that, or I don't know if we still have it or not, but her tape of her, yeah, but it's her voice though. It's, it's her, her talking. voice, yeah. She read the stories and so you could follow along and uh, with the book and that was really a precious gift too. They become more precious, I think, as you get older, you know, and then when you, when you don't have them here anymore, they, it's been a, it's been really precious to, um, to hear once in a while. Ooh, that's a hard topic. <laughs> well, well, so that's the premise. And I think Mike summarized the, so that's kind of the goal or the, the premise behind trying to do this podcasting thing. Obviously we right. want to do all kinds of guests and not necessarily serious topics all the time. I mean, this is fun. 
we want to we want to uh right joke and laugh about <laughs> everything we don't necessarily have to but at the same time do want to keep it somewhat focused so that we're just not you know talking about everything but maybe on some certain topics but you know whatever this yeah, is our thanks. first episode so we can make all the mistakes we want we can that's right so anyway so who are you Oh, you boy. are Doreen Perry. I am Doreen Marie Clipple Perry. Clipple Perry. Clipple yeah. is the maiden name. You are my mother. Yep. I of all of you, four children. Yep. Talon. We don't need to talk about all of them. Michael, it's mainly Jana, just about me. Just about you. <laughs> You're the only child. You're the first child. You're the only child. <laughs> so right now we are recording from uh, Provo, Utah, here in your home. Yep. And y'all have been in this Our house home for the last... Been 2008. Yeah, really, 2008. 2008. So we moved thir- in here just before Women's Conference, and we I uh, we boxed up everything and moved it all over here, and I said, goodbye, I'm going to Women's Conference. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> left everybody and said, I'm done. It's December 2020 right now, yeah. so we that moved was here May. May of 2008. Yeah, it was April... What twenty seventh, something like that, because it was right there at women's conference, and we yeah. we moved over here. Yeah, right at the end, everybody was out of school, and um, we moved in. Yeah, and we have been remodeling and changing it ever since. So it's uh, we haven't been moving, but we have been moving still. <laughs> when we started the remodel, we started it with uh, we were just going to change the counter on the kitchen sink. <laughs> and uh you know the domino effect and here we are the room that we're sitting in right now was like one of the worst rooms of the house we hardly used it it was a uh, really low ceiling and we had a very uh, single pane glass window in here and tile floors yeah tile floors very drafty in the winter and it was just a very kind of dingy. I painted it kind of a creamy yellow just to kind of brighten it up a little bit. Wasn't exactly what you'd call hospitable. No, not at all. And the front door came right into that room almost, so it was just not a... And now it's one of our most favorite rooms in the house with it, uh, with the uh, high ceilings and the windows on the south facing and all the sun coming in. And so this is... It's kind of uh, like a small little great room with the kitchen and a sitting area and the table and so forth. And so this is one of the one of our most favorite rooms in the house. But anyway, so this is kind of fun. So your mom and dad. That's going to be. Yeah, that's kind of who. Ken and Leslie. Who I am, you know. I have to start there. Yeah. So you are the I'm, second daughter. I'm the second daughter. I'm the third. Third child, second daughter. nine children. And I've got an older brother, Kevin. uh, Firstborn. Older sister, Karen. Both of whom live here in Utah now. They do, and I actually work with my older brother now down at UVU Warehouse Receiving. Uh, we We work together every day. Where were you born? I was born in Fort Eustis, Virginia, which is an Army base which no longer exists and we it, understand now right? they've they've consolidated or otherwise changed the property they have they've uh, which is kind of a sad thing but uh, they've downsized the military a lot in this country and so that one 
doesn't exist anymore. Where where is Fort Eustis? It's in Virginia, but near is it near Richmond? Is it near Norfolk? It's yeah. closer to Norfolk, Norfolk, which is on the coast. Yeah, it's closer. But Norfolk is the big naval. But there's a area. yeah yeah. I was going to say it's Norfolk yeah. is yeah. It's pretty. So yes. yeah, so you were born there, army brat. An army brat, yes. <laughs> All of you kids. That's what we were Load called. Load up in the station wagon, drive across the country, go into new assignments with dad. Yep. Dad was transferred a lot. He was a helicopter pilot, a maintenance guy uh, in the army, army, the branch of the army. And served three tours. He did. He uh, Korea, went to Korea when I was really young. In the 50s. And uh, then he went to Vietnam. When I was a little older. He was twice in Vietnam. And then he went to Vietnam again, I remember very well, because I was... You were uh, older. I was a older. A bit older, yeah. Fifth grade, when my dad left. So this would be in the 60s. Vietnam was in the yeah. in the 60s. Korea was in the Yeah. In the and then 50s. he got out, um, let's see, my junior year of high school, he retired from the military. And that was in Tacoma. And we were in Fort Eustis, yeah. Fort, uh, Fort Lewis, sorry. Fort Lewis. Fort Lewis. Yeah. In Washington. In State. Washington, and it's still there. They've kind of combined uh, the uh, Air Force Base there, and the which was McCord Air Force Base, and then the Fort Army, Army Lewis. Base, yeah. yeah, Fort Lewis, right there. Um, but I spent a lot of time at Fort Lewis. Fort Lewis is kind of home. So you're a Pacific Northwesterner, is really what you are. I am. I love the trees, as you can tell in our house. And yes. I love the I love the trees and the Utah mountains just don't have trees on them. They're bare. They need trees. <laughs> it's yeah. It's but unusual. I've learned We're to, used to enjoy the cascades. Them. <laughs> where the cascades, I mean, you can't really see the mountains. You see trees you, on yeah, the mountains. Yes, it's very, just forest. Yeah, it was trees, but rainy. You know, I remember. Um, oh gosh, getting my learner's permit for driving, and I think. That whole year, it rained. Every time I'd go out to drive, it'd be raining. So I learned how to drive in the rain and snow and sleet and... All kinds of inclement oh, weather. Oh, yeah. Dark. Very yeah. dark. Yeah. Yeah. But... Because Dad grew up in Oregon, too. And I find yes. that interesting that you both are Pacific Northwesterners and you met at God's yeah. University over there. Oh, boy. BYU. Randomly. <laughs> I don't know that it was so random, but yeah. And yet you're from the same neck of the woods in yeah. the United States. Well, and that kind of, that was something we had in common that we both loved. So that was a... And that's actually been a thread, not only through at least my life, I can't speak for my siblings, but also through your whole marriage because that, that's home. That that's feels home. very home. Yeah. The trees, it's very mm-hmm. comfortable. It's familiar. It's... And we wanted to go back there, you know, and live there. Uh, we'd live there now, but boy, the political uh, yeah. environment Democrats. in Oregon. That's why yeah. we can't have nice things. We just can't. Not in Oregon. <laughs> so we're in Utah, so we can have nice things. <laughs> yes. So high school, though, you moved in the middle of high school. Oh, yeah, we did. We uh, we were up at Fort Lewis. I was. I, so you uh, completed freshman sophomore year in Tacoma in, I, at Fort Lewis. Well, I was there from the sixth grade, middle of the sixth oh, okay, grade, okay. up through the middle of my junior year. 
uh, there in Washington. So you, you almost finished all of. So all, I almost it was finished. the bulk of school. Really. Yeah, that's that's Your the. Up years was in I Washington. bought the yearbook from there. Yeah. I mean, I, that was my school up there. And so then we moved down to, because dad retired, we moved to San Jose. San Jose, And we moved back to our house that we had, that my parents had bought there on Hermiston. The Hermiston house. The Hermiston house. Mom and dad had it built. We came back from Germany and dad was, uh, dad had been given orders to go to Vietnam. And so we came back from Germany, had to get his unit together. Uh, We went on vacation over to back to California because we hadn't seen family and grandparents and uh, and then we went uh, we dad and mom bought this Ford station wagon we drove from California to Kentucky and we lived in uh, on on ba- on the base there Fort Campbell Kentucky and for three months there in the summertime while dad got his unit together and then they shipped out to Vietnam and we went uh, and lived off base at in San Jose at the Hermiston house. Cause uh, when dad wasn't around, when dad wasn't here, we had to live off base. How old were you um, this time? This So Kentucky and Hermiston. Yeah. We then I started fifth grade there in okay. San Jose. So what am I? Yeah, you're, you're 11, something yeah. like that. And uh, then, so I was fifth grade and part of sixth grade there on, at the Hermiston house. And then uh, mom and dad, when dad got back a year later, they rented the house. We moved up to, and he got, you know, new. Um, new deployment orders were new, cut new orders or whatever. Yeah, orders to go. You get a you're, new assignment. Transfer, basically. You're getting transferred to a new base. Yeah, you get transferred. So this is in, so you were staying in the Hermiston house, and he got these new orders. Now you're going up to now we Fort went Lewis. to Fort Lewis, and you're then we stayed sixth there. grade-ish. Yep, sixth grade. I moved up in sixth grade. I remember it distinctly. So and then you stayed yeah. there. So that so then Ken and Leslie rented the Hermiston house. Right. They'd bought it already. Yes. But they rented it, and then y'all yeah. moved up I five. Yeah. Went straight up. They I-5 went in to, and bought it uh, off a model home, and then they were they were building that whole area. San Jose was really growing, and they and they were there was just the model homes and one a couple of streets that were built in our housing area, and they pick out they picked out the lot, and and picked the model that they wanted and the different things that they wanted with the house, the colors and everything, and uh, so it was being built while we were in Kentucky, and then we moved in. So we moved into a brand new home there yeah. on on Hermiston. Hermiston. Yeah. So you were, let me think here. So grandpa, this would have been mid 60s or early 60s, I think. Yeah, 60s. Because you would have been 11. Six. Maybe, maybe 10 or 11, 12, yeah. somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. moved. So so grandpa got his new orders. Yep. Then left we, the Hermiston house, rented did. it, mm-hmm. drove up I 5 yep. San, San Jose to Tacoma area. Right. My dad was uh, uh so mid sixties. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, 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 then you finished up, finished up grade school, went into middle school, yep. and almost all of high school, and almost in, all of high school in, 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 at in Fort one Lewis. place, which yeah, was one place. Un, absolutely unusual, very unusual for our lives. Because I've counted up how many times I've moved in my life with mar- being married and all of our moves, and it was about. It's about 58 times. 
Yeah. So Which we is moved. equates to about one move every, what, year and a half? Yeah. It was a lot of moves, a lot of moves, yeah. Yeah. So essentially there were two stints in Hermiston because we, you, Ken and Leslie purchased it and y'all were there for a bit. And then. Yeah. While dad was in Vietnam, we stayed there for a year and that I was. After it was built. Right. After it was built because it was being built while we were in Kentucky. They picked everything all out, and then it was built. So we moved into a brand new home, which was really fun. We had only lived in uh, army housing up until that point. So this was really fun to be able to um, have rooms. I had my own room, which was a first. Never had my own room. So that was fun. And how many many were there at this point? Obviously... The older ones. So Kevin, Karen, you. Scott, Kendra, and Lyle. So Lyle was the baby at this point. Lyle was the baby. Yeah, he was born in Virginia, same place that I was born, right before we went to Germany. And and then we came back from Germany. Uh, We went to Kentucky. During the time that we were in Kentucky, though, that was a really actually a fun place we traveled down to Florida and saw my aunt. So we saw the ocean and Florida beaches for the first time in our lives, and that was really fun. But I had broken my arm roller skating that summer, and so I couldn't go out into the ocean. So I had to walk along the edge and, you know, shed some tears there because I couldn't go out and swim. And my mom wrapped it in plastic bags, so at least I could do that. And, uh, but it was still a fun trip that we traveled down there because we went from Kentucky down to Florida. It was Fort Campbell, Kentucky, yep. which uh, we actually lived in Tennessee because the 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 uh, uh, state line went right through Fort Campbell. So our whole our house was actually in Tennessee. So it was kind of fun. Like we'd sit there and jump across the line. You know, we thought was the line. <laughs> now we're in Kentucky. Now we're in Tennessee. Um. One of the wonderful things uh, that my sister and I loved being in Kentucky there, they had just built a library, uh, a nice, big, beautiful library on on base. And it had an atrium room with a waterfall in it. And it was just this gorgeous library. And so we spent our summer, because summers are hot in Kentucky, hot and kind of humid. And uh, we didn't have air conditioning at our house. And uh, so my sister and I, Karen, would go down to the library, and we spent a lot of summers down there reading. That's when we really read a lot of the horse books, all the Black Beauty series, all the, um, we read a lot of Nancy, Nancy Drew. I mean, we read all summer. That was really fun, because I found books then found stories and books and so that was really fun and we lit we we all of our furniture was all shipped to California because that's where we were going to go uh so we were on bear you know when you go in the barracks there's these bunks these metal bunks that the GIs would sleep on that's what we slept on we had two sets of these GI bunks in our bedroom and because we were all crowded into a three-bedroom home and uh and I remember 
sleeping always with the windows all wide open and trying to get a breeze through there and trying to go to sleep. And yeah, it was a hot summer, but it was, and we spent a lot of time at the pool and that sort of thing. But so what uh, instigated buying a house in Herbston? Because you were still living in basic Fort Campbell in Kentucky. So then why did grandpa, why did Ken and Leslie want to buy when they were being transferred to San Jose? Well, San Jose was growing at the time. They were that bedroom community, that whole area. Uh, it had been a whole farming community down there. Uh, mom and dad are from San Francisco. Mom was raised in Palo Alto, moved to Daly City. That's where they met when they were younger. Uh, so they always wanted to go back and live in California. So they wanted to buy a house there, wanted to retire there. And so uh, this was a good opportunity because when they're deployed overseas, any of the military deployed, you don't get, you can't live on base. The families can't live, so they've got to go live. So uh, these days when they head for Iraq and so forth, the families have to go live somewhere else. They can't live on base housing. So a lot of times they end up living, they go home to their parents if, they've, if they're younger. Uh, that's what happened when I was really little. And I have that one picture with me standing in that um, house. That was Papa's house. And we went actually and lived with my grandma for a while when dad went to Korea first time. Which grandma was that? Oh, uh, Grandma Lambert, Florence. Yeah. Uh, we went and lived there. Uh, with them in their big house, and I have very, very vague memories of that. That's that's one of the f one of my first memories that I have um, is that house and staying there with Grandma uh, Florence, and she's my grandma, and uh, and her husband at that time, then uh, which she had married was Papa, which was Lambert. Yeah, Grandma Lambert. Where was this? Where do they live? They lived in California in Daly City area. Okay. And when we were older, we went and saw the house. So Fort Campbell and then, and then we headed, was getting deployed. Did, yep, dad took off um, to uh, Vietnam. And then the house. And we them. went to the, we, it had been built. So we, it only took three months to build. And so we went and they were putting up houses really fast there in San Jose. All these housing uh, areas, uh, different, you know, neighborhoods or uh, what do you call them? Hun? Suburbs. The yeah, suburbs, they yeah. were the housing tracks and they would put up about three or four model homes. You'd come in and pick your colors, pick the, they the had different they options. This is the one you want. You pick out your lot that was in the subdivision. That's the word subdivision. And uh, you'd pick it and then you'd go. That's what we did when we moved to Meridian, built the Meridian house. We did. We picked out a lot and, and had a builder and they built it. Yeah. So um, that's what they did. And so it was built and we moved back. We moved there. And so my mom was, um, uh, you know, uh, was mom and dad for us, all of us kids. And my dad was gone and we didn't really, we had letters. Uh, we didn't really hear from him. Uh, you know, we didn't talk to him. You know, we didn't have technology like we do now. Y'all didn't have video conferencing? Yeah, you didn't have Zoom or anything? I know, you know, where you say hi and wave and visit. We didn't have that. We didn't oh, wait, even... this was before the internet. This was oh, way oh, before okay. the okay. internet. <laughs> um, I think I was about... 
11. I'd have to get dates out. This is what's helpful with family tree is seeing all these different uh, dates because it's really interesting to see the dates. But So this initial stint, though, what was what stands out to you from the Hermiston house? We've, oh. we've got uh, Grandpa gone. Mike's uh, towel. Deployed. Uh, yeah. And so uh, <laughs> my dad was not a big pet owner, and we never could have pets, except for we did have cats in Virginia, but they... Uh, conveniently disappeared when we moved to Germany. So uh, when my dad left, it was like all of us got our own cat. (laughs) (laughs) So we had, because my mom, she loves animals. And um, so we had initially two cats. We had, uh, um, oh gosh, Igor and Sinsano. That was their names. Igor and Sinsano. Yeah, Igor and Sinsano. And uh, and then we had Charlie for a while, and we had Priscilla for a while, but that didn't last very long. But um, and then it was hard because my dad, you know, he kind of kept the kids and you know everybody in line. And my mom did work; she went and worked for a while part time, and um, uh, so during the day. But uh, the biggest thing I remember is. Uh, Let's see. During that time, I was uh, I became captain of the safety patrol at the school, and so I ran the safety patrol um, for the school, which we had to. I had to do schedules for all the safety patrols. We had to go through these different classes. We had our own little belts that we had, and we had to go get the signs and then stop the traffic during all the kindergarten, all the different times that the kids came and went from the school, we had to do the safety patrol. And I was the one that was in charge of it and ran it for the school. Yeah. Okay. So early teen, young or preteen, mm-hmm. and you're watching out for the little grade school kids. Yeah. Okay. All the kids and making sure they get across the street. Yep. And I was in charge of all of that for the school. How long did you do that for? Until uh, I left, you know, I, we moved uh, later. Uh, gosh, I'd have to look at dates to when we moved, but I was there for probably after Christmas. And when Dad came home, and then we left, we got to reass- he was reassigned to Fort Lewis, and we went up to Fort Lewis. So that was a different move. We went up to Washington then, and we moved into base quarters, which we um, had a duplex. We moved in from a big house in her- the Hermiston house, which had the four bedrooms on top and the and a den downstairs, which we used as a bedroom, to a house that had three one, three bedrooms up on the and and then a den downstairs. So we started. That's when uh, Karen and I and Kendra were all in the same room, and Carrie was born, and so Carrie was also put into our room. So, so we've almost got the entire gang. We're just missing yeah, the two younger the two. ones, Craig and Kirk. Yep. So we were up there. I was 14 when she was born. So almost I had just a, turned almost 14. Yeah. Just turned 14. Yeah. Because my birthday is the 27th. Her birthday is the 2nd. So I had just turned 14, 2nd of December. So, so it was like all... a week later and she was born right after my birthday. Yeah. And I, boy, she, and my mom came home and said, this one's for you and put her in my arms. And boy, she was my baby. 
<laughs> so I took care of her. I woke up at night and uh, to take care of her, would hear her and crying. And so she was my kid. And in fact, I just talked to Carrie, just had her birthday, and I, you know, was telling her about some just memories with her when she was younger and she wrote back and said thank you you're my second mom you know because uh, I I really spent a lot of time with Carrie babysitting her and taking care of her and she's she's a fun kid she just brought a lot of joy to our family uh, sitting in the high chair at the dinner table we'd all watch her and laugh at her and she was the entertainment was really fun she's a she's a fun kid what was the best part of Fort Lewis here? So uh, you were there for quite a few years. We were. And uh, the best part, I think, was American Lake. And okay. uh, Dad bought this. He thought, well, let's just try it out, see if we like it. And he bought this old uh, boat. It was red, red and white, and it had a kind of a flat bottom. It was an inboard-outboard, kind of an old thing. But, boy, we loved that boat. And we all learned to water ski. And... Uh, we just had we just beat that boat to death practically, and he finally went, okay, well, we're just having a good time with this boat. So he, uh, after a couple years, then uh, bought the Raynell brand new and had it ordered. And we were, I mean, that was a fun day when he, when that boat came, and uh, it had it was a deeper hole, and we could all fit in the boat at the same time, and it had a bigger engine, and so we had a good time. And then Dad always took vacation in August, and so we headed out to Lake Chelan all the time. We'd spend two weeks out there camping. Which is quite a bit north from, from where you were. Uh, it's north and east. Yeah. It's out in the north, desert. Yeah. More toward eastern Washington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the other side of Cascades, I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah. and it was, so it was always nice weather and hot, and, and we'd go in August, and we'd we'd have three different tents to have, every, you know, there was the boys' tent, the girls' tent, and then the family tent. And uh, we'd stay up till all hours of the night playing nine down and hearts. And oh my gosh, we just, that's where we learned to play nine down. And we had a good time. Scott and I went and slept in the boats um, a few nights when we would camp. We'd go down there, take our sleeping bags and sleep on the, sleep in the boat, put the, put the seats down and sleep in the boat. And uh, so we water skied a lot. That was the, and you and Scott were partners in crime. We, yeah, we were, well, we weren't that close in age, but we were the next, you know, he was right after me. So he and I, um, you know, we were good friends. And then Kendra, as she grew, you know, as you grow, you kind of, uh, and so we kind of were our own friends. We we all were, you know, kind of, uh, there was so many of us, we were our own city when we came you know we were our own little town and we were we were each other's friends so when we go places we had our friends with us and we so we played and we did um so it was it was pretty fun having a big family like that and being close um let's see from in washington i got my driver's license in washington um Football. You played volleyball. Oh yeah, I was very active. I was a quite the active person, and um, so I swam. Uh, my stroke was breaststroke and freestyle. 
I also played uh, volleyball for the school. I also played volleyball for the for church. That's when it was really big in the church. We played volleyball, played basketball, played softball. I was a pitcher, catcher, first baseman, uh, shortstop. Not all at the same time. <laughs> and uh, and then, so I'd go to, you know, get home late from swim practice or whatever was going on at the school, uh, uh, try to get something to eat and then head to the church. And we had basketball practice or volleyball practice, what was going on at the church. So I was always in, in games on Saturday. And so I was, I was pretty much gone uh, a lot with sports. Loved it. Got my three-point shot down. Very nice because I wasn't that tall, so they could pass it to me, and I got that three-point shot down from the outside. Yeah, and one year we won regionals at church. Yeah, church ball. Yeah, our church uh, team won won regionals, so that was fun. We got our name in the our picture in the uh, stake paper that they put out and everything, so that was kind of fun. Is it true that you and Scott would sneak down and go boating, just the two of you, and go skiing? So one was driving and then the other was skiing? Was that? Um, gosh, I don't remember that. Um, I do remember skipping school one time, and we headed out for the lake, some friends of mine, and we took the boat out because Dad had a slip at the at American Lake, and so we went, you know, it's one of those... Mental health days, they call them. <laughs> they, do, they call those mental health days now, but we just called it, we don't want to go to school. <laughs> Playing hooky. And That's skipping, what it's yeah, skipping school. Uh, didn't do that very often, though. I, I maybe skipped school twice in my life. I didn't really skip school very often. I got good grades. And with my parents, I... You've got good grades. <laughs> Did not want to bring home a bad report card with my folks. So, how that was that happen. like maintaining that reputation with Grandpa being in the military? And then, I mean, the family's got a, a certain dynamic that has to be maintained in public versus how we behave in private. Yeah, we, you behave, and we were officers' kids. My dad was a major, and, uh, you know, w there was, um, you know, you behave. I remember uh, um, it was junior high and they it was the time when Vietnam and a lot of protests were going on uh, really all over the university campuses and so forth. And so there was this talk of, you know, we didn't like something that was going on at the junior high. I don't even remember now, but there was going to be this whole sit-in and that's what they called them at the time where you just, everybody sits down and you can't move anybody. And you just, you, it's a protest. It's kind of a passive-aggressive kind of a thing. You're blocking you just, activities yeah. from, that would normally take place just because you're physically there and won't be moved. Yeah, yeah and you okay. just sit. So we'd all just sit in the cafeteria and sit down and we wouldn't go to class or whatever. And so there was talk that that was going to happen. And uh, so I was talking about it at home and everything. And my dad said, well, uh, if you participate in that, don't bother to come home. <laughs> My dad was uh, a man of few words, but 
they were bullet statements and you got the point. <laughs> really fast, your mind went, oh, well, gosh, that means no food, no shelter. no." <laughs> and yeah, okay, I won't be doing that. <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> Less words, more action. Yeah. It was, uh, there was no equivocation in your mind that he was joking. Yeah. Oh, no. You knew exactly. He, he was, he, he, did, he was, but, you know, it was an honor. Um, I, I learned how to drive and my dad would always take us, you know, the kids out and teach him how to drive. Well, you know, I've learned from friends and my mother, she would scoot over and let me drive. And so I learned before I went out with my dad. So he he got in the car with me and we were going to go, you know, learn how to drive. And we went on these little back roads in, in uh, Fort Lewis where there's these old barracks that they don't use anymore and roads. And uh, I just did awesome. And my dad goes, okay, let's hit the freeway. <laughs> and so... We got onto the freeway, and that was the driving lesson. I was done. <laughs> One day, and it's yeah. over. Boom. It was over, and I went down, and he took me down to get my license, and um, I got 85, and you you passed at 82 or something like that, and I was really disappointed. I thought, gosh, I should have done better than that. Um but I know where I messed up because it, the road wasn't really clear. There wasn't lines in the marking. And, you know, I explained that. And a lot of people mess up down there at that driving test down be, because of that. But um, I got in the car and dad goes, well, you just you just got three extra points that you didn't need. <laughs> so, you know. Because yeah, it's a pass fail rather yeah. than a Well, you thing. know, I got 85 and you only needed 82. So, hey, you got three extra points. He kind of put it that way. And that was really nice. That was really nice. For a very uh, strict military man with few words. <laughs> so, did this enable other driving privileges with the family? Yes. Then I earned the trust of my dad to drive. And that was a big deal. That was a big honor. So I would drive and I would drive at night when we'd have family vacations or coming back, my dad would let me drive and he would sit next to me and he would kind of close his eyes. And it was a good, if I could get my dad to go to sleep. <laughs> and I did. Yeah. I earned the trust of my dad for driving. That was, uh, I loved that. And then also driving the boat. I, uh, he would, uh, I learned how to really drive that boat really well. I and then to help him get it out of the water, and so you know that was a that was a big deal for me. That was a big deal. Get to that keep age. that trust. Oh yeah. yeah, trust of my dad. Yeah, for driving. So that was pretty fun. So what the what happened moving back to Hermiston then? So it was Fort Lewis yeah. your junior now. Yep. Junior year, or yeah. completed your junior year? No, middle. Middle of the junior yeah, year. Yeah, it was like January, or I'd have to look up dates, but it seems like it was right right there in February. I think it was the end of February that we moved. So it was a big, that was really a hard move uh, because I was in high school. I knew everybody, been there for so long. Um, I knew everybody at church. 
from, you know, we, from girls camp, you know, basketball, all the wards and the stake. I knew everybody. Um, my mom had been young women's stake, young women's president, you know, I mean, we, I, I just had a lot of friends at school. Um, and then we moved and, and in your high school year and you go and you know, nobody. <laughs> and, and uh, I knew a few people from when I lived there before in my fifth grade and sixth grade class. Uh, I knew a few people, and so that was nice. Um, but basically, I had to get to know a lot of people at the school. So that was those were hard years there at um, uh, the rest of my junior year and my senior year. Because you moved back to back to Hermiston, back so to back California. Down, yep, Dad retired. Yeah, from the military. And uh, and we moved back down, and he became a real estate agent, selling real estate. So he had finished his last tour in Vietnam. Yep. And then y'all had been in the same place in Fort, Fort Lewis, Lewis the whole time. Mm-hmm. You hadn't changed houses at all. Yeah, so that was quite a few years. That was the longest I had lived anywhere until here. Wow. Yeah. So, so then we moved back down to Hermiston. Yeah. And then you were... 16 or 17, no, so yeah, yeah 17 ish, 18, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah, 16, 17, 17. Finish, yeah, and finish high school in yeah. San Jose. Mm-hmm. 18. Yeah. I was 18 in my senior year. Yeah. So then what happened from there? You were just. Then I, uh, uh, let's see, I got a job. I was working. I got a job at, um, uh, let's see, my senior year, my dad. Let's see. No, I got a job at the the shoe store, and I used to sell shoes for leads. And uh, so you had to memorize all the numbers of the shoes so that you could go back. I started out as a cashier behind the desk part time, and because I was a student, and we made a dollar ninety an hour. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, I, I guess I think during the summer, or after my senior year. I got to remember, boy, wow, scratching off the cobwebs here. Um, I'll have to go back and look. I, uh, uh, I went, I started being a salesman on the, on the floor and you got commission on your sales. And so that was much better. And I went full time. Uh, we also had the shoe store, which was one of the highlights, um, that wedding parties would come in. And at the time we sold for, we sold women's shoes. It was only a women's shoe store, no men's shoes. So women would come in and uh, we had cloth shoes and that cloth could be dyed a a certain color. And so girls would come in and buy these different cloth shoes. They were white and for weddings, and they wanted a matching, match their different pastel colored dresses and so forth. So one, uh, so the manager taught me how to dye shoes. So that was a fun, uh, a fun thing. And I got very good at it, very precise in the color. I really worked at it. So, so I learned what colors to mix with what colors to get these different shades of material. They would bring in a little swatch of material. And I would have this little swatch of material and have to match the 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 dye to the 
to the sh- uh, the shoes and color the shoes and I'd color them and get them all ready and for, they'd pick them up. Sometimes there were like 10 or 12 sh- pairs of shoes I'd have to, for a wedding party, you know, and dye them. So that was kind of a fun highlight. Uh, I also had um, some really good friends, you know, because we worked together. So that was really fun. And we um, had one girl that was from another, uh, went to another church and um, she found out that I was LDS, a Mormon. And uh, so she wanted, she taught Sunday school, and she wanted me to come over to her church and teach her Sunday school class about Mormons, about what they believe in. And so that was fun. That was a good experience, good missionary experience at that age, to go over there and to another church and talk about it. And then Scott and I went with that youth group from that church, and we went to the Yosemite. We went on their camping, hiking trip to Yosemite, and that was a fun uh, trip that we went up. We got to Yosemite, and all of the, um, there were different trails, and they were closed. Uh, the ones that were down uh, on, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, elevation, that lower elevation, and so they opened up the higher trails and so we had to go up onto the higher trails and a lot of the kids that we were with were not equipped to go up onto a higher trail because you ran into snow we ran into snow and it was cold up on the higher elevation and scott and i we were you know girls camp boy scouts you know we were prepared we had everything we needed and so we were warm but we did uh, had extra equipment and extra things, so we and we had people come into our tent and sleep with us, and uh, uh, to because it it got very dangerous. There were some kids that were not dressed properly, and so we, you know, we were because we were prepared. We were we were able to help other other people, so that was kind of a fun trip. So you stuck around Hermiston for. How long or so after graduation? Uh, It was about a year, uh, six months, about six months. I was saving money so that I could get to uh, go to school. Was that the Um, initial goal? That was the goal, yep. Uh, My parents were uh, starting a business, didn't have a lot of funds. Um, They had... This is grandpa doing real estate. Yeah. And Kev was on a mission, my older brother. And, you know, everybody was, Karen was going to school and, you know, and there just wasn't the money for me to go to school. So I had to kind of figure it out. What were you, what schools were you looking at? Uh, BYU. You know, I was looking for BYU. Most people uh, that were members of the church and living out, you were looking to go to BYU. It was the it was a church school. Plus, it was an exciting thing to be able to go where there was other members of the church, because we had very few. We we grew up with very few members of the church. This is nineteen seventy six, seventy five. Yeah, I graduated in seventy five. Craig was born uh, June twenty. Uh, what's his birthday? Twenty eighth. Right after I graduated from high school in June, the early part of June, and then Craig was born. So. You know, yeah. so here we got another one. So that was number eight that right. was born when I was, I was 18 years old. And Craig grandma was 43, two, two, three. No, she with had, Craig or Kirk? 
This was Craig. Yeah. So yeah. she was forty three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you were just gonna apply and then So yeah, I in, uh, what were you thinking well, did I you did, have a backup plan at all? I didn't, you know. Nobody you know, they didn't do a lot of counseling back then as far as what you're gonna do at the schools. They do now, but they don't they didn't back then. We didn't really know what we were gonna do. You're kinda on your own. And parents and so forth and my folks didn't really discuss that. They were very heavily involved trying to get their real estate business up and that just took all the energy and I needed to figure it out. So that's what I did. I saved money and I had enough money for housing and tuition for one semester. So uh, I I didn't apply because I didn't think I could do it. I didn't, I, I had no idea how to do it. And I kind of thought, well, I'll just keep working and saving money. But this girl came home that was in our stake. Hunter. Cindy, that's it. Hunter. Um, and she came over and heard that I wanted to go to BYU. And she had an opening in her apartment there at BYU and the dorms, uh, Heritage Halls, which has now been torn down. And I went, well, I haven't finished. Uh, I, did se- I did send in my application, but I hadn't heard. And, you know, I kind of did it late and wasn't sure if that was going to happen or whatever. Um, so she said, well, I know so many admissions and so forth. So she, when she went back to school, uh, that, was in, that was at Thanksgiving when she went back to school. She contacted somebody that, uh, uh, somebody she knew in admissions. Anyway, she... Long story short, or short story shorter, <laughs> she uh, got it rushed through and I got approved. Um, I got into Heritage. Uh, within a few weeks, I was at BYU. So you bribed your way into the church school, is I that did, what you're telling me? Yes, you know. <laughs> that story of my life is, you know. So, so BYU, we were going in and that was just you. So nobody else in the family's going with you. Yeah, Karen was, and oh, Dad. Karen was. I bought. Uh, so Karen got into BYU too. Oh yeah, she, she had been going. Uh, oh, she'd she been was. Attending. Yeah, she was. Uh, this was like her second or third year. She was going. Yeah, she's. She'd been. She comes. She'd come home during the summers, and in San Jose, there was all those. Um, there were tech companies, and there were these different manufacturing all over San Jose. So she'd come home and work swing shifts and different things that meant these different manufacturing companies, earn money, good money. And then she would pay for her school, uh, uh, you know, pay for housing and her food ticket at the cafeterias and get through school. So, so I started, I had enough for, I didn't have any, I didn't have any money for food. So I signed up for a student, a job at BYU and I cleaned the fine arts building, all the stairs and bathrooms and so forth. And the uh, he put me out on the practice room. So I was out kind of with another guy out there in those practice rooms where there's pianos and they're kind of these dungeon rooms and there's, oh, it was scary. And I was really tired. I remember falling asleep on that job more than one time because it's three in the morning. You know, it's really, it's rough. But I I had money for food. That's how I ate, and um, and then I I met uh, I met your dad. So overall, was BYU a good experience? I mean, what was uh, what it, was kind of the highlights there? It was rough. School was I was not prepared for uh, 
for school, really, um, of what to expect. And because I worked, I would sometimes would fall asleep when I got home from working. I'd I'd miss my classes. Um, so it was a rough year. I didn't do so well that semester. I I think if I had stayed in Tacoma up in Washington, that school would have prepared me better than the school I went to in San Jose. The, school, the high school you're talking about? The high school, yeah, yeah. The high school there was kind of a druggy school. It was kind of known for that. It got better. Supposedly a pretty good school now, but at the time it was not a very good school. And you're talking academically. Academically, yeah. I was a good student, but I but when I moved, it was very difficult to uh, go into classes, uh, to get classes uh, that I had had up in Washington, and then to come in in the middle of the semester you know, because we moved at the end of February. So math, they were in a different place. I had no idea what they were doing in math class. Uh, you know, they're, they're using different curriculum. It was a culture shock. Uh, we dressed very nicely up in Washington. It was colder climate. Uh, now we're down into a climate where they wore ba- practically bathing suits to school. Um, I didn't have those kind of clothes, plus... <laughs> My mom would never let me wear those kind of clothes. And uh, <laughs> it was the 70s. It was the 70s. What can I say? Very short shorts and halter tops. And I mean, it was a very different culture. And California gets starts getting warm in March and April. I mean, it's they're all skipping school and heading for the Santa Cruz Beach, you know. Um, so. It was a real culture shock for me and not knowing very many people and so forth. So it was there. It was a rough year and a half there that uh, I couldn't wait to get out of that school. So, but it took a toll and I just really wasn't, they, they had no real preparation for, uh, to get to, you know, universities and so forth. So. Was the environment at BYU when you got there that first semester, was that similar or, or, or akin to Washington when you were there? I mean, uh, well, the school, transition? it would have been an easier transition uh, because then I would have kept on track on my math. Um, I took my SATs, a- ACTs up in Washington, which was a good thing before we moved to California because then, you know, it, it wasn't a very good education at all in California. Uh, our school up in Washington was rated very highly, was a very good high school uh, whole, what am I trying to say, the district and so forth. They had very high standards and so and good teachers. And so I had a good education, but it's really crucial your junior year and senior year. It's very crucial to have a good year before you go into university. So when I got to BYU, it was, I, I, I didn't understand the culture there. And, um, and what I mean is, culture as far as academically. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get through uh, a, a university. Um, I had a psych class. Well, the psych teacher comes in and you're, you're in a classroom of 150 kids and you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to really do in this class. You get kind of a syllabus, but I found out later that there was a lab didn't know that there was a lab. So I didn't have anybody there to really help me with school and to kind of interpret what is going on and how to get to, you know, what. So I, I found out later there was a lab. Well, the lab teachers are the ones that put the tests together. 
<laughs> and so you really need to go to the labs. And so I didn't do well on the tests. Um, English, I did, you know, I did fairly good because that was just a writing, you know, it was a basic English class. So I did well there, but um, the, uh, and a, a Book of Mormon, you know, so I took Book of Mormon. Um, yeah, because the religious courses required. Yeah, they're required, but they were very good. It was a good, good experience. Did you have a good time? I mean, was it fun? Friends? I mean, what was the culture uh, like? My Obviously, roommate, a lot more church members, of course. But. Uh, yeah, and the and I was in with a good group of girls, and in the, uh, I was kind of a more down to earth. I had these old overalls uh, that I had embroidered on. It was the seventies, and uh, would put those on and go you know, do my laundry. And I just was pretty, you know, chilled. And uh, I had a car, which a lot of kids didn't. Karen and I shared the the old Wildcat. And uh, I had bought it from my dad for a hundred bucks. And uh, so I had that, which a lot of college kids didn't. So I was the one that we would all pile in and go get groceries because uh, I had the car. Doreen's got the car, <laughs> yeah. so let's let's yeah. moosh off of her. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we went up skiing one time at Sundance. Cindy Hunter and I went up, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I can teach you." <laughs> if you it can was give one, us a ride. Yeah, that's right. We just want your car, and uh, yeah. So they just left me at the bottom of the hill, you know, took off. Um, but it was still fun. You know, it was fun to go. It was it was fun to be at BYU? There's a lot of uh, after and and weekend and dances and you know there's a there's a big social element parties yeah. and going on which and then your ward and you have your home teachers and so you meet guys and you meet all the guys in your ward and so it was pretty fun. You know, I got asked out and uh, so it was you know that that part was really fun. And, uh, yeah. Um, so it was just the one semester. Yeah. One semester. And, and then what was, then what were, what were you doing? What was happening? Well, I, I met, you know, your dad. And, uh, so I went home, uh, we started dating and that first semester that, that, yeah, that was my only semester there at BYU. And, uh, so his family came to pick him up, and so I went with them. And so I went up to Oregon with all of them, and they came down in the truck with the camper. And so we, we all of us kids, Dina and Karen and, um, oh, was Dave there? I think Dave was there. And uh, we all rode in the back of the camper and played games and card games all the way to Oregon. And uh, so I stayed up there for... Oh, a week, and then rode the bus home. And I, my dad had a job for me when I got home at the real estate office, and so I became the secretary at the real estate office and worked there at Ram Realtor. And I had to say that when I answered the phone, Ram Realtors, and Ram. I had the hardest time saying that. <laughs> The double R, <laughs> the Ram double Realtors. R, Ram Real, I wanted to say Ram, Ram Realty, yeah. and it was like, no, it's not Realty, it's Realtors. So it's Ram Realtors. 
<laughs> real dog. Ram tours. Ram, Wait, no, real, right. real Rams. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had a hard time, and they were always correcting me and making sure. But I did all the filing, make coffee, you know, greet uh, clients that were coming in. So I got a lot of the scoop of what's going on in real estate. So that was that was kind of fun. And I worked with my dad. My dad's, it was my dad's office that he worked. I mean, he wasn't the boss, but he was an agent in that office. So I worked there with my dad, which was, that was kind of a fun experience there. It was kind of a continuation of the, of the driving experience and the boating experience. Yeah. With my dad and I wanted to be, make him proud, you know, do a good job, look nice, dress nice, you know, so, yeah. So that was my first real professional job. And then I got uh, a lady moved into our ward, Cindy Black, and she was a divorcee and she was coming up from LA and she was there as the operations manager of a savings and loan they were opening up, Mercury Savings. And she was, she put out, asked my mother that was a real, she was the uh, Relief Society president at the time, if there was anybody looking for a job. And she, my mom said, yes, my daughter. <laughs> So she set up an interview, and I went down and interviewed with Cindy Black and Sheila, and I got the job. So I started my career in savings and loans there. See, I always thought it, you worked at the bank here in Provo, but I realized that was after. That was after. That was, that was, yeah, that was that my was, first, was Mercury Savings, yeah. right down the street, and I bought a motorcycle. And, uh, yeah. So we didn't, it was not the, what was it that you bought from Grandpa? It was the... I. I bought from Grandpa. I bought the Wildcat. The Wildcat. But, yeah, so but, that, that stay in Provo. Or well, were you no, that? it. I got it home. I had a friend drive it home, and because uh, I left it and went, you know, I went with uh, with your dad to Oregon, and and a friend of mine uh, drove it home, and uh, and I think Karen and and this friend drove it home. And brought their, you know, all, all our stuff and packed the car. It was, it was packed up, you know. But uh, that car, the motor mounts went on it. And so it started, you would, you know, be driving along and all of a sudden it'd just take off. And you're putting on the brakes and trying to shove it out of gear to get it to stop. Yeah. It, that was scary. I didn't know what was going on. Anyway, we got it home, but then we I sold it to the kid down the street. <laughs> but we did fix the motor mounts before. It was a it was a defect for the Buick at the time, and so we got it fixed from the dealer free, even though it was so old. Uh, and then I sold it to the kid, this blonde kid. I remember down the street he came by. Not a blind kid, but a blonde, blonde kid. kid. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. First of all, I mean that's just <sighs> taking advantage of the situation. The other is he probably yeah. shouldn't be driving he in the first be place. Driving, yes. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, then I started working. I bought the motorcycle because I needed transportation. It was just a KZ uh, two hundred uh, four stroke, quiet electric start, nice little bike. And I only had to go through the neighborhood down Blossom Hill and Mercury Savings was down there. And so it wasn't really very far. And so I rode the motorcycle and it was cheap transportation. And uh, I had learned to ride a motorcycle in high school. So. What was so great about Mercury Savings? I mean, it was just a hoot to work there. It, it was. was. We had the best uh, people there. And it was my... 
I, you know, I'd worked professionally in a professional office, but this was, wow, this was quite the job. And I learned about money. I learned about accounts. I learned about um, wills and uh, trusts. And I learned about, I, I just learned a lot of language that I had never even been exposed to and how very picky people are about their money. <laughs> go figure. And, yeah, and how angry they can get when things go wrong. So I, uh, you know, learned everything in the bank, and I became over all the new accounts, the new accounts department, and and did that. And so I was right under the operations uh, manager, and so um, and Dad was on his mission, and he was coming home. So this was 78, 79. Yeah. So this is when he was gone and uh, he was coming home and I went, I want to be in Utah when he gets home. So he, his family had moved from Oregon out to Butte, Montana. And uh, so I uh, quit my job and uh, packed up my little, I had a, a red VW bug. So you're pretty sure about this whole situation. You quit your job even. And, yeah. Okay. I quit my job and, uh, and Scott and I and his girlfriend at the time, they were friends, you know, just more because he had his papers in for uh, a mission. He was heading for a mission and uh, we all took off and did this whole trip and we headed for, uh, up to Washington because Scott and I had spent a lot of our growing up years in Washington. So that was home and we headed for. And this was all precipitated by you wanting to go be in Utah when dad got home. When so dad you were just planning home. on getting a job out there yep. and that kind of, okay. Yep. You were yep. just going to move there. I just moved there. Yep. Not school or anything. You're just going to. Nope. Okay. I was going to just get a job. Karen was out there. She had married Ken and uh, uh, Troy was born already. Or was she pregnant with Troy? Uh, I'd have to look at the dates. I can't That's okay. remember. That's okay. Um, anyway, we headed up to Washington. This is our big whole trip that I've told you guys about. Um, we headed out up there. We stayed and, and saw friends up in Washington. And then we headed over to... Um, we headed up from Washington. My grandmother, uh, uh, Lam Lambert... Uh, she had uh, was living up with my aunt Lois, which is um, my mother is one of five of five girls in the family, and this is her sister Lois. That's the next one, and they lived up in Spokane. And uh, she had married Max Mac, and uh, had combined families, teenagers. That's a whole story, and they had Keith still at home. And they lived out on this kind of ranchette. And so we headed, after we visited Scott and I and uh, Sue uh, Oliveira, we headed uh, out to Spokane from the the uh, sound, you know, the Puget Sound area, Fort Lewis and so forth. And seeing everybody, we headed across and it's you head east to Spokane area. And uh, so we stayed there for a few days. I vi we all we visited with our grandma and Aunt Lois had a good visit there. I went out with Keith, and uh, he killed rabbits. You know, they ate rabbits, and we I went out and did uh, 
piping, move piping, irrigation pipe with him and all of his chores that he had to do. We went out shooting. So we had a good time there for a few days. And then uh, we headed for Montana. And uh, we left uh, later in the evening, which, you know, we were kids and we were invincible. We could do it. So we drove all night to get to Butte, Montana. And uh, so we got there in the, uh, oh, I guess it must have been about eight o'clock in the morning. And uh, we were, I was trying to get to Butte, Montana to see your grandma and Papa. So uh, Grandma Renee and this is the Perry family. They weren't related at the time. <laughs> um, but I knew where they lived, so I, we were heading there, and I wanted to just surprise them. And, uh, but unbeknownst to me, they had, uh, Karen and John were married and were headed for BYU, and they had bought a trailer, big mobile home, single wide, and they had bought it and were headed down to, Salt, to Utah, to Provo. And they had left. We got there, and nobody was home. And we found out from the neighbors that they had taken off about an hour or two hours before us. So we went, okay, and we're tired. We've been driving all night. We went to the next town and parked in the Safeway parking lot. We were just, we were done. And um, got some food you know, at the Safeway and breakfast, and then we we sacked out in the parking lot. We all, we fell asleep. Now, this was in uh, August, yeah, because it was before school started. We woke up, I don't remember how many hours, we maybe slept two hours, uh, and we took off again in the cars. And uh, I I was driving my V-Dub, and, and Sue, I think Sue was driving... And Scott was sleeping, but I was driving. I drove my car the whole time. So then we uh, got down, and I remember uh, a car that we were, you know, when you travel, you kind of group up with cars. And up in Montana, you kind of group up because just back then, it's you just kind of helped each other out, and truckers did and so forth. You know, this is before cell phones and all that, so you were aware of of just kind of grouping and staying together. And we had this car that was kind of with us uh, traveling. Uh, we kind of had the three of us kind of, they'd pass us and then we'd pass them and they were from Canada. Uh, we got down to about, uh, we were just outside Idaho Falls. I remember uh, signs to Rexburg uh, where BYU-Idaho is. Uh, that you would go off. I remember hitting those signs. Um, and then uh, that's when things kind of went um, well. And we we'd passed this, you know, we'd passed different people on the road. And I remember passing this big, you know, uh, trucks and mobile, mo mobile homes. I remember passing them, but I, I didn't think about it. And, uh, Sue was driving and she was in front of me and she, the car all of a sudden started slowing down and I thought, oh, what are we doing? But um, it was a divided highway and she was on the left-hand side and she's slowing down in the fast lane. I was like, what? What's going on? She kind of went off the road a little bit 
and skidded and then her car jetted across the whole, the two lanes and I slowed down, you know, uh, I had time, you know, I was slow, we were all, well, we were already slowing down and then her car went off into the dirt and started rolling. I stopped my car um, and I I saw the whole thing and and um, then you know it's dusty in Idaho and it just kind of turned into this dust bowl. This car was a dust and then I saw a body uh, go flying up high out of the dust. The car rolling on the ground. The car stopped. Uh, I was out of my car. Uh, running. The Canada car had stopped. They were running. Uh, I ran to the car and Scott had been sleeping in the seat, in the passenger seat in the front and had the seat down with his seatbelt. So he just rolled with the car and woke up. Uh, He started hitting the car door. So I knew he was okay (laughs) because he could do that and was like so I took off running and left him to get out of the car um I found you know that that is such a a (laughs) it's a hard experience because you want to run and help, but you don't know what you're going to find. And that's scary. And I remember feeling that. I don't know what I'm going to find. Um, but I got to her, and she physically looked good. She looked like she was, and she was moaning, and so I knew she was alive. <laughs> that was a good sign. So I turned around and started, I, I'm sure I was in shock, and just started uh, yelling for people to come. And I'm, I'm kind of walking up, and uh, at the time, people had got to her, and so I was just yelling. And, and I started running back to my car because all I could think of was, I need a treat for shock. <laughs> all that girls camp, you know, everything. Treat for shock first. So I I had blankets in my car, so I was running to my car to get uh, my quilts and blankets. And and there, walking towards me, was Grandma and Papa. Now, I had spent some time with them um, when I got back, you know, when we went from school, and then I had spent some time with them. I had drove up after I started working. I drove my car and went up uh, and visited for a week. Um, took some vacation, and so I, I, you know, I knew them. I, I knew the family, and they knew me, and all all Grandma could do was hug me and say, She's ours. She's ours. <laughs> and they were just shocked because <laughs> there's this accident and they had stopped, but 
now, you know, here I was standing in front of them. And they have their story of what happened because it's like, why were they right there on the road? And um, they had had flat tires. They had had different car problems, all these different things on this trip. It was, Papa was fit to be tied. I mean, it was like the worst trip ever. (laughs) (laughs) They had had so many different car problems and could not get out of the town that they had, the, the town right before uh, uh, this stretch of road, they were just stuck in this town for a couple of hours, which, you know, as we can see, it it put us right at that same spot in the freeway at the same very time. And I remember, you know, uh, when I saw their rig and everything, because they had the Toyota, which was a different truck that I had. They had the Ford truck. And now they had this little blue Toyota, so I didn't recognize them on the road, but I had passed them just before we had the accident. And there they were. So they just took care of uh, Scott and I. The the ambulances all came, and Sue was rushed to the hospital. Um, the, uh, the paramedics uh, took care of Scott and I, just checked us out, made sure we were okay. They said, yeah, you guys are okay. Um, so we drove our cars. Uh, Scott got in with me, and we drove to uh, Idaho, Idaho Falls, and uh, Grandma and Grandpa made sure we got hotels, and we were safe and fine and great. And then they took off that to get the uh, trailer set up in Springville for Karen and John to live in while they finished school. So uh, we stayed there for... Um, another day, just a day, because there wasn't much. We stayed, we called Sue's uh, mom, and she flew out to to Idaho Falls to be with her daughter, and uh, we, to- we told our folks and what happened and everything, and so then we took off, Scott and I took off in the V-Dub and got down to Salt Lake, got down to Provo. Yeah. So that was our... A huge adventure at 22 years old. <laughs> but, you know, with that experience, um, you know, it's always hard for me to talk, but the Lord answers prayers. And I, it was such a hard experience, but it was such a reverent experience. Um, I'm not sure how to ex- explain it but it was like it was we were being taken care of so there were many um, prayers that were answered through this whole experience what uh, how do you find peace each week or each day I mean jumping forward now we've here we are in 2020 with all the shenanigans that are happening this oh, year. Oh boy, yeah. Well, I learned early on in our marriage. Um, Dad and I got married. You know, <laughs> he got back that that De- uh, December extended, so he got back in December uh, that year. That was 78, and we got married in February in 79. Um, we didn't have kids for a while. Um, and finally, Dal, you were born, and 
83. And we were living up in Coeur d'Alene at the time. And I worked a lot uh, those years, worked the savings and loans, American savings, so forth, and trying to get dad through school. So this was a time for me. Um, we moved from Corvallis. Um, I finally, I went to doctors there in Corvallis, uh, finally was able to, you know, conceive. And we moved right after that up to Coeur d'Alene. Well, we didn't know anybody in Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> Here we were up there. I didn't know anybody, and I'm home. But that was wonderful time. And when I look back in my life, the wonderful times of my life and the joyful times is when I have been able to really study the gospel of Jesus Christ. Really, really study. Really get to know our Savior, and our Father in Heaven. So here I was, pregnant, not knowing anybody. I, so I studied. I was able to get a hold of some institute manuals, I think from Grandma. <laughs> they lived in Montana, Li- Libby. It was a few hours away. So we'd go visit them on the weekends. And uh, she hooked me up with institute manuals because she taught seminary and so forth. And, which I, did, I didn't know very you know much about. I had I think I had uh, some books from Desert Book, you know, and so forth. So I really started studying. I'd study three hours a day. I felt like this time was given to me to really study the gospel and so study the scriptures. And I had never really read the Book of Mormon through uh, from cover to cover. And so I did that. I read the Book of Mormon and I read the Institute manuals and I really, uh, really wrote my journal and I, I pondered and I prayed and I really wanted to know things and understand things. And so I was really taught by the Holy Ghost during that time um, a lot of wonderful principles of the gospel. I'd learned a lot my, growing up and so forth, but now I was an adult and it's a different than being a kid. And uh, I wanted to know, and so as I was reading, there would be things I heard, and it's like, oh, this is where it's at in the scriptures, you know. And um, and then reading the prophet's words and so forth. And so I had a testimony of the gospel I had uh, from my youth, but this was a whole nother level to be able to really uh, die, have that time before all of you kids came along to really study. And um, and um, and to have priesthood blessings, and uh, Grandma was real big on priesthood blessings. We have priesthood blessings. We always get a priesthood blessing, and so I learned from her that that the Lord always has things for us to that He always has things to say to us. He's a He's our Father, and He loves us, and so. That was a tradition that we, you know, I want to say tradition, but that's kind of sounds not quite right, but it became a um, a joy in our family to have priesthood blessings and to connect with our Heavenly Father that way. And, um, and Dad has a gift to understand and to feel that... Um, and to hear those words. And so I had, 
He's given me a lot of priesthood blessings over the years that have just been uh, just such an uplift to my whole soul. And knowledge, just knowledge about myself and um, and how Heavenly Father just knows us. He, he knows us. We are His children. And so that has been... And so through this time, you know, I, I back up because, you know, through this pandemic and this time, it's been a joyful time for me. I I study the gospel. Uh, my life is still the same. It hasn't changed. We still do those things that are right and good. And, uh, you know, going to church, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is how we live. And we chose that um, early on. During that time of study, I ran across this scripture that became kind of my motto, and it's Doctrine and Covenants section uh, or 88. Section 88? Anyway, I have it here, and I'll recite it to you. And this became my motto um, with thinking about being a mother and having my first child and a family. Um, it says, And as all have not faith, Seek ye diligently, and seek one another words of wisdom. Yea, seek ye out of the best books words of wisdom. Seek learning, even by study and also by faith. Organize yourselves. Prepare every needful thing, and establish a house, even a house of prayer, a house of fasting, a house of faith, a house of learning, a house of glory, a house of order, and a house of God that your incomings may be in the name of the Lord, that your outgoings may be in the name of the Lord, that all your salutations may be in the name of the Lord with uplifting hands unto the Most High. And so as I studied, I came across that scripture and that just hit me as a, as a new mom, you were born, and the responsibility of raising children. It's a big responsibility. Um, and I wanted to do it right, and I wanted to do it and teach you all the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I wanted my home to be how it describes in here. I learned, la- learned later that that's the, uh, a description for the temple, which, you know, it's in the de- dedicatory prayer, um, which the Lord asks us to have our homes be uh, like the temple, and have to have our homes be a, ho- a house of prayer, a house of fa- faith, a house of fasting, a house of learning. And so, Dad and I have, we, uh, early in our marriage, you know, that's uh, one of the things that we both had testimonies of the gospel. We loved the Lord, and we were going to serve and put the Lord first in our lives. And that has been in our marriage, always, to put the Lord first in our in our lives and in our service and in our callings. So we have tried to do that. Perfectly? No, we're not perfect, but, but we keep striving. Thanks, Ma. 
If any of our listeners would like to receive a copy of the privacy honoring version of this episode, please feel free to send a request email to host at soyoucanhearme.com. If you feel there's someone who should be a guest on this show, please email us about that too. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next time on So You Can Hear Me When I'm Gone.